My Texas Table presents the Healthy Brain Podcast. This is the show for people who want to improve their brain stability, clarity, and longevity. Here's your host, certified health coach, Carrie Wainwright-Miller. Hey, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning into the Healthy Brain Podcast. This is a place to connect for real talk about brain health because your brain matters. Look, we've got a special guest on the show today for y'all. She's the founder and owner of Casa Healthcare. She's a physical therapist with over 23 years of experience in hospital care, rehab sports, orthopedic, skilled nursing, and home health care. She owns her own outpatient physical therapy clinic and has over 20 years of experience in home health. She spent her life in a caregiver's role. We so appreciate her. And we're so excited to have you here on the Healthy Brain Podcast. Welcome, Rochelle Baum. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. How's your day, girl? Yeah, great. Yeah. I mean, you said I've been a caregiver a lot of my life. It's really true because I actually have eight children. So besides my children. I had no idea. Yeah, we, hadn't even gone, we didn't talk personal before. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Plus caring for these elderly, wonderful elderly senior citizens. It's um. Yeah, it's a great being in a caregiver role. I mean, I really feel like I'm doing a lot of good, actually, just helping people. Well, of course you are. With their health and being healthy. Yeah. So let's dive right into our discussion about caring for aging individuals. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Especially Karen. those with some form of dementia, but may not necessarily been diagnosed with dementia. I believe that our listeners really want to hear from you because you're that person that totally understands the individual's needs, someone who's committed to really listening and adapting to the needs of your clients. So, you know, most of us know that there's a dramatic growth in the elder population and the staggering number of people with dementia. We believe in going beyond medicine to find ways to enhance the quality of life for patients and caregivers. I'm sure you'd agree. Yes. So let's first discuss the needs of someone living at home by themselves and what they need from you as a healthcare professional. Well, great. Thanks for that question. Well, especially, and this is why I think you're going to be so effective and great, is because you focus on nutrition, right? And unfortunately, in in today's world, Medicare, I'm certified with Medicare. So Medicare pays for us to go in the home and we're the cheapest form of healthcare. We're on the front line. And it's unfortunate because they're not really treating us as important as we are because we really see what's going on in the home. So for somebody that lives by themselves, their nutrition is super important. And, Absolutely. you know, we do know, and I've heard, as you and I both have heard from uh, recent seminars we've gone to or doctors that have talked about dementia being a diabetes three, right? Yes. Causing dementia. Exactly. And people have not talked about that. So you have an elderly person that lives at home. Maybe they're not shopping. They just get junk food and they're just eating junk food. And so it's not a surprise that they might have mental, you know, dementia memory problems, especially if they're taking medications. That's the other thing is many of these seniors are prescribed several medications. My mother-in-law came home from the hospital with six, this is six different blood pressure medicines. Yeah, not surprising. All for blood pressure. And so, and a lot of them don't even know what these are. What are all these medicines? But they just take them because the doctor says you need to take them. Yeah, so, exactly. At the mercy of the doctor. Yeah. And especially if they're living by themselves, it's just really dangerous, you know, because they have side effects. And if they're not eating well, they might forget how to take them appropriately or when to take them. And so our role as caregivers, especially in the home, as we have nurses that go in, 
and CNAs, and we try and get people in there frequently to help them out and communicate if there's a family member that is overseeing them and let them know how they're progressing and help them learn how to take their medications appropriately. However, another thing I was going to mention that we were talking about, Medicare does not pay for a nutritionist or dietitian. Mm. They don't cover that at all. We need to change that. Yeah. (laughs) I I just, you know, I had to pay for it just as the agency paid for one of my friends who is a dietitian to do a consult for a feeding to patients. So, but, you know, nutrition is so important. That's where it all starts. And it's just kind of, you know, crazy that Medicare doesn't realize that that's causing a lot of the health problems and issues that they're having to pay for. Why don't we focus maybe on some nutrition and meal planning and some extra community services and support that can help our, our seniors with their health, I mean, their their meals and Yes, nutrition. I absolutely agree. You know, yeah. Getting back to medications, you know, a lot of times the elderly and just an individual has medications, you know, have been prescribed to them from different doctors. And there's not enough geriatric doctors is what I hear that, that for sure you know, can go around and Right. In, just in the home in- health world, care mm-hmm. coordination is the most difficult challenge because, you know, when they might be going to a primary care physician, because they're the ones that actually authorize the home health visits yes, mm-hmm. and oversee them as opposed to a specialist, maybe their cardiologist or neurologist or rheumatologist or endocrinologist, you know, they usually don't sign for the home health care, but these patients go to all of these specialists, right? And they prescribed medicine. Well, are these specialists communicating with the primary care physician what they're prescribing, right? Yeah. Because sometimes my patients can't get in to see their primary care for two months or three months. And we require that they go in at least every three months. 90 days is required by Medicare as well. Mm -hmm. So that care coordination, that's why they depend on home health agencies, nurses, for us to fax that information, call the doctor, let them know what's going on. If there's any new medicine, that they're issued, we have to ask them every visit, are you taking any new medicine? You know, did they go to the doctor? So that's a challenge. They might not even remember, you know, so you have to coordinate yeah. with the family members. So it's very, you know, it's very important to be comprehensive, communicate. Mm-hmm. And some doctor's places, you can't talk to the doctor. You have to try and wait on, click on, you know, three to get to so-and-so. And then you have to leave a message because they're not available. And yeah. And then remembering that when you're going through a busy day, seeing all your patients, it's just, it's really difficult and not that easy that people don't really understand that. So Mm -hmm. what I don't understand sometimes is when I see the elderly on, you know, 15, 16, 17 or plus meds. Yeah. And you wonder how in the world and did the doctor, does the doctor even look at that list? They don't make pill boxes that big for 17 pills in one little box. Exactly. It's really hard to, yeah. It's sad. Um, It's so sad to me. Yeah. You know, because there, there are just some issues with, right. the, side with the meds, effects. Mm, side and effects, and just the interactions of drugs. Right. For instance, one of my patients uh, was prescribed a medicine for overreactive bladder, mm-hmm. which causes dry mouth. And so then the, the urologist was like, well, here, take this medicine. This will help you with your dry mouth, right? And so they have to take another medicine just to try and mitigate the effects of the other medicine. And so mm. they keep adding extra minute and it's just and that's how they end up how do you know the long-term effects of these anyway you know yeah. so many new medicines coming out and you see commercials you know try this med and that but you know how long are these longitudinal studies and all the different issues that a patient well might it's so have. biased the research is biased the, yeah. the reporting is biased so you know then that's a whole nother subject it's a right? money issue <laughs> they want yeah. money anyway so, so 
you know, going back to the needs of someone living at home by themselves. So you do a lot of physical therapy? Yes. Okay. So I am a physical therapist and I believe a lot in physical therapy because of the, the health benefits of it. For one, one of my patients, she got off her blood pressure medicine because she was walking and I got her on a mm-hmm. walking program where she was doing it, not just when I came, because mm-hmm. that's a, a key too, that you, you get these patients to also do their exercise program safely. And if you're training a family member to help them be accountable and do that, mm-hmm. but do it safely and continue to do that. So she was faithfully walking every day, doing a, a game training program. That's so Going awesome. through chemotherapy. <laughs> yeah. And she's done so well with her cancer. I know and, you're proud of her. Yeah. And lowered her blood pressure. And now she doesn't take her blood pressure medicine. I mean, fancy that, right? Yeah. So and everybody, in my opinion. <laughs> Exercise works. Yeah. Diet in my opinion, works. physical has therapy. A to do with everybody it. needs physical therapy, right? Yes, of course they? they do. Especially women. And also one quick thing with many of these diabetic patients that we have, mm-hmm. I don't know how many listeners know, but if you go walking for 20 minutes, it's the same thing as if you're injecting yourself with insulin. You go walk for 20 minutes, your muscles are going to take that glucose from your blood and use it, right? Wow. And so instead of taking an injection of insulin, go walk for 20 minutes. That's a key so little exercise key is bit really of information. Effective. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks. Super effective. Thanks. How about hygiene? Do y'all go over hygiene and feeding and yes. there's so much, you know, so Definitely, much. Yes, because so ma- many of our patients, they're incontinent. One, that's a safety issue because sometimes they wait too long and they run to the bathroom and they can fall and if they're in a hurry. Yeah. Or if they soil themselves sometimes, you know, that's really frustrating, but they might soil themselves and stay in a wet pad for too long and that mm-hmm. can cause urinary tract infections, which of course, yeah. really affect their mental status. You know, I just had a patient last week she is amazing at cooking. She's just an amazing cook. You know, I love to <laughs> fresh pumpkin bread sometimes. You know, she's just Aww. wonderful. Well, her son texted me a picture that she had put a plastic bowl in the oven and it was completely oh, melted girl, with food no. in it. Aww, and then he texted thing. me a few days later. He's like, I think, you know, mom needs to have a dementia test because she just put a metal pot in the microwave and this, you know, I was, it almost caught on fire. And so, I was like, this is so unusual. This is not typical of this patient. And Mm. so I told him, you know, you need to take the doctor. She might have a urinary tract infection. Yeah. Because, and I confirmed that with a nurse, she thought the same thing. Causes altered mental status or confusion and things that they, if you notice things they don't normally do, you know, who would ever know that that might be a urinary tract infection? It really affects seniors and their mental state. Mm -hmm. So hygiene is very important. Mm Mm-hmm. What about home delivery of meals? And do you recommend, especially in the elderly? I mean, a lot of times they don't cook. Yeah, you know? so definitely. Um, I suppose there's all kind of meals on wheels and things like that around. That right. So I do have patients that have meals on wheels, and I will say they're not that healthy. They oh. really aren't. Like oh. I, I went to see okay, a patient one time, and they're in a styrofoam I mean, thing, and it's you know it was cold, and she I just couldn't imagine her really being very healthy with that kind of food. But it is food, right? Instead mm-hmm. of them not eating or instead of them eating a box of cookies, you mm-hmm. know, it is. And generally they deliver warm, pretty mm-hmm. warm. Well, but, they've got family members too. I'm sure right. that they can help out. I, or- d- I do have a friend who's a chef and so he would do meal deliveries. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of new businesses where I think if family members could work with them where they could, you know, order. I'd given menus to several of my patients. So some of them did order these really healthy menus. But again... The cost, it's a little bit cost prohibitive. 
so some of these elderly people that really don't have that much money, yeah, it's very wrong. difficult for them. So it would be great to have some good community resources for meal planning and nonprofits, volunteers helping yeah, that your kind church, of thing. Your church, you know, yeah, members, yeah, 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 for sure. And local daycare programs. Yes. So yeah. those those are so vital, especially those who are caring for yes. us. In fact, I have um, two patients in an adult daycare right now. And so I actually went last week to do a reassessment for a patient and saw it was great because they were playing games and interacting and not just sitting in the house watching TV all day Does long. They were actually not where watching was that? TV. It's down in Manville, the adult daycare that I went to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I've visited... The amazing place. It's called oh. Amazing Place. Oh, Amazing Place. And it is amazing. Great. I would love to go yeah. there. Tell yeah. me about that place. I'll, I'll tell you about yeah. it a little bit later. Get so they are very important just for social mm-hmm. interaction. I have a patient. She goes to Whataburger. She's 87. She goes to Whataburger almost every day. <laughs> she stays till 1 or 2 in the morning. You know, she's one of those <laughs> night owls. She goes to bed at 5 in the morning. But she does it regularly. It really helps her mental status because she has relationships. And Studies have shown that people that have very good relationships with others actually are more resilient and retain their memory and mm-hmm. retain their mental functions longer and better if, if they have that social interaction. So those are very, very important. That's good. Yeah. So I want to ask you about prescription meds. Yes. I don't know if you have control over the client's meds at all. Do you? Well, okay. So for home health, the rules are very strict that you keep track of every medicine they're taking. The yeah. dosage, if they're going to be discontinued, the discontinued date, if mm-hmm. they're new, the effective date that they're new, when they were received, if they're taken inappropriately. So we had a state survey last summer, and if you don't have every single med that they're taking documented, then you get a citation, right? Yeah. So it's very strict. However, as a physical therapist, that's not necessarily my domain. Mm-hmm. The nurses are in charge of the medicines. But, you know, I've done it for 20 years, so I know to ask my patients, have you had any new medicine? Because mm-hmm. sometimes the nurse might only come once a week or once every other week. And if I'm there two times a week, three times a week, I'm there more often. So I try and train my therapist. Make sure if they have a new medicine, text a picture of it to the nurse, let the nurse know mm-hmm. so everybody can know. But but yes. you can't really make recommendations to the nurse of yes. maybe they've had several falls or... Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. All that comprehensive is mm-hmm. really important. Like I tell my nurses, you know, we talk about that, like this blood pressure medicine is not working or they're just not doing well on this medicine, this new medicine that they've had. So we're, like I said, we're really the frontliners in the home mm-hmm. of noticing subtle changes from a medicine or, you know, their stomach GI issues that they have. They might think they have some kind of, they ate something wrong. Oh, I have food poisoning when it really could be their, their medication. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So overseeing sometimes your clients' meds and all, do you run across, or well, are the anticholinergics? Anti-col- yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are those prevalent? Like yes. the list of their meds? Yeah. If they're on pain medicine or if they've just had some kind of especially if they've had a surgery or something, they'll mm-hmm. usually transition to a Tylenol or something. Benadryl if they have some kind of rash. Some of those I don't know all the top ones that are frequently prescribed. My nurses would definitely know better. Mm-hmm. But they do prescribe them quite frequently, but like Gener- the anamnesis, like Benadryl yeah. and yeah, sleep aids, you know, yeah, Tylenol, PM. Right. Also for helping, yeah, allergy relief, also for helping with their 
muscle spasms, pain relaxants, like they do that quite a bit if they're in pain. Some of my patients that have a difficult time sleeping or insomnia, they give them a lot of those, the sleep aids. And that's very dangerous if you're taking pain medicine and a sleep aid at the same time. It's like a, my husband told me, I think it's a 600% increase in chance of death. Unbelievable. It's really big. Plus your depression medicines, your antipsychotics, those kind of things. Yeah. They're frequently prescribed, generously prescribed. Mm-hmm. Well, they have side effects that and can worsen. Really, yeah, and their Alzheimer's are their uh, dementia symptoms. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their confusion levels and and if they're they don't if they don't have dementia, then it, it can, can cause, cause dementia like symptoms. symptoms. Yeah, exactly. Even without yeah. someone having cognitive impairment. So right, like maybe my patient. So that was yeah. the first question I asked her son. Like, mm. when you went to the doctor, did the doctor give a new medicine? Because when they have those weird changes, so important. Yeah, like all of a sudden they have a rash that they're breaking out with. You. Like, did you start taking any kind of new medicine? You know, because mm-hmm. that should be kind of well, the first question you goes through your mind. Like, what's changed? You know, mm-hmm. and then antibiotics. I guess you see a lot of that. Absolutely, which is a killer for their GI. Yes, they get then help. they start mm-hmm. getting you know yeast infections or other infections, rashes they break out with, and that also affects their mental status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just give home health care, is that correct? You just go into the home or do you see people in memory care homes, assisted living as well? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So one of the challenges nowadays, Medicare does not pay for, nurse. they do pay a little bit for a nursing home. They pretty much take anything that you get from Social Security, mm-hmm. but depending on the level of care, People that want to live in an assisted living or independent living, it starts minimum three thirty five hundred, three to five thousand yes. dollars mm-hmm. a month. That's it's, low end. Yeah, girl. low end. Right. So my mother's home is is especially for memory over care. Over six thousand. Yeah, memory mm-hmm. care. It's even more. It's eight to ten because there's a lot more supervision level required. So we do go into those places as well. So it's not just limited to the home because those places don't have usually a physical therapist on staff. Mm-hmm that they pay or can bill for doing physical therapy mm-hmm. and as well as nurses. So so unless it's a nursing home, which has that usually as part of their billing for Medicare, we usually don't go to nursing homes, but we do assisted livings, mm-hmm. memory cares, especially if there's any kind of private pay involved. Yeah. yeah. So I want to go back to the over-medicating of the elderly. Yes. Is there a solution to this madness? Great question, really. You know, I have a hundred-year-old lady patient right now. She's oh, amazing. Just... She has the most amazing memory. I had seen her once, twice in a week, and mm-hmm. she had, she went to the hospital for, um, it was not a serious condition, but she lived by herself, right? And so the daughter-in-law, like, you know, let's just make sure everything's okay. So she came back to stay at her daughter-in-law's temporarily, and so I had seen her one week, right? Mm-hmm. And I had told her I had eight kids, and I told her some details about my personal life, well, she had told her daughter-in-law everything. So when I went to see her after she got home from the hospital, like here she had had all this, I just couldn't believe that she remembered all these details about me. I was like, this is lady is 100 years old. <laughs> she uses a cell phone. And, oh my she's, and she exercises every day. She's like, you know, Good most people, her. most patients probably think that they don't have to exercise except just when you get here. But I like to do it every day. And it just really shows. So she doesn't take that many medicines. She really doesn't. Mm. Um, and so the people that I've seen, several in their 90s, we had a patient live till he was 107. Generally, wow. they don't take a lot of medicines. They really yeah. don't. Yeah. Maybe one, maybe one or two. So my healthier patients, 
that live longer are the ones that are not taking so many medicines. Yeah, good advice. It's just a fact. Yeah, exactly. I've seen them all these years, 20 years. Yeah. It's really true. We believe you. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to an individual caring for someone with dementia, it's a 24-7 job with lots of changes and uh, caregivers are at risk for depression and declining health themselves. So what do you recommend to the caregivers? Because there's yes. a lot out there where they could stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. What, right. Do you have any suggestions for them? Because Well, as a physical therapist, I would say they need to do their own exercise program themselves. Yes, because numero we, uno. <laughs> <laughs> and eat well, right? So they yes. need to, you know, patients ask me, well, how do you keep up? And I said, well, I just have to practice what I'm preaching. So mm. that is very important as well for them. You know, if they're also working and being overloaded, coming home with trying to care for somebody. It, it's important that they look at their nutrition as well as their exercise that helps them deal with stress. But mm -hmm. also, I have a wonderful marketer who's really great at educating. And we're actually setting up a family resource group, support group, so that... That's awesome. So family members can meet around a certain area. Maybe we can do it, you know... Mm -hmm. uh, great where, idea. Where they need to meet, where it's not too far to travel mm -hmm. on a, a regular basis where they can ask questions. And, you know, when there's more than one person caring for somebody, somebody might ask a question that's very important for somebody else that they hadn't thought of. And mm -hmm. so when there's more of a group, you learn more together and it's more powerful. So yeah, that group yeah. setting. Yeah, it really is. Family support groups are mm -hmm. great. I have found out a lot about that. And, and also be, be informed. Don't be afraid to ask questions or reach out to for local home health agencies if you want that want to. Many of our nurses have been nurses for 40 years and they have wonderful experience. And and we know we try and be up on all the new resources in the community to help help you. Yeah, counseling, counseling. Yes, yeah, definitely. If they want it, psychiatrist <laughs> friends. Yeah, yep. People, it's, it's available. A, it's difficult to go through these things when you're not mm -hmm. used to it. So, yeah, I think it's just difficult to reach out sometimes, you know, and and right, realize and not that, look like you need help, or you know, we yeah. all, we all try and look like we're strong. And Easier don't for wanna, women, I think, than men. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, men caregivers are not used to doing bathing or, you know, hygiene things. I've had a few men caregivers where that was just, they're like, I'm just, I can't do this, you know? And so a lot of people want to just put their elderly member, if they can't handle it, into a home. And that usually in increases their chance of mortality or they don't of last as long, obviously. But they have no choice because they just can't, mm. you know? And so there needs to be more help and resources if, if we can. Well, that's where long-term care, I guess, comes in. Yes, Insurance. exactly. Like mm -hmm. I was telling my husband, like, we need to get this because most people don't know about how well, important Well, my daddy sells helpful. it. That's oh, a little does. plug for you, dad. Right, <laughs> yes. Because, uh, so, yeah, long-term well, care insurance is really helpful. Very, yeah. very helpful. Well, Rochelle, you've spent your life caring for the elderly. And we are so grateful to you. you I, I know you're one busy lady, and we're just going to wrap it up here because sure. I know that you've got to get back to work. No but problem. we just appreciate the time that you've taken out of your schedule to visit with us and just shed some light in this yeah. world, just about the world of dementia and caregiving. Thank you so much for caring and loving the way awesome. you do every single day. You are making a difference, girl, and you've just spent your life caring for the elderly, like, like we said, and we are just grateful to you and your service that you provide to others in need. Thank you so much. You're well, so for having welcome. me on this program. And I would love to do it again. If we want to explore another topic, there's so much that uh, we can explore and 
I'd love to help out. If anybody needs any help, you can reach out to me, Casa Healthcare, just let us know. Yeah. So what is there any other social media? Yeah. So we're on Facebook, uh, Casa Healthcare. And of course, I'm bilingual in Spanish. So I can mm, help any way to go girl. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's helpful, right? That's why I named it Casa, actually, because any gringo knows what Casa means. It means home, you know, but yeah, and of course. Uh, yeah, so that's the only Spanish word I know. <laughs> Well, that's not true. It's a good place to start. <laughs> so, yes. Anyway, well, great. So, thank Super. you so much. You guys go follow her and her business, and thank you again. Okay, no problem. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace personalized advice from your healthcare provider. If you have specific medical questions, please talk to a licensed medical professional.